Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than Stand Up. I'm Brent Lamide. Today we are starting a series built off of a series. So today joining me, friend of the pod, Justin Chrysostomo. Hello, Justin. How are you? I'm well, Brent. Thank you for asking. Of course. Also joining us, good friend, not yet friend of the pod, but will be after today, Mike Ward, Senior IT Manager, Application Lifecycle Management for SAP Fieldglass. Hello, Mike. How are you? Hello. Uh, good morning, and thanks for having me on today. Of course. So today we're going to just dive into it. So we're talking about your journey. Your journey is unique. The thought behind this is to have a conversation with people who have been doing this for a while and to figure out what worked for them, what didn't work for them. So I'm just going to tee this up with Justin. Justin, how'd you start in Agile? Sure. Um, So I first set foot on the path to Agile, as it were, um, from a waterfall project management background. Uh, And the company I was with at the time I thought they that this thing Scrum was going to be a good fit for their software development. Uh, they ended up hiring in a team of experienced uh, engineers and product people uh, that came in and they were very well versed in Scrum. And so I had some catching up to do and learned from them primarily and uh, slowly came to realize that this was far more attractive to me, this being Agile was far more attractive to me than uh, the waterfall project management I had been practicing today. So do you think it's something where you start with waterfall and then you find out Agile and you go, wow, how could I have been doing it any differently? It, It was that for me, but I will say I have seen and I can see how it wouldn't be that for everybody. And, and, uh, the, the real thing was I, I found it easy to get over my anxiety of not having to do a work breakdown structure and plan everything out to the nth degree. I found that freeing. Other people find it frightening, right? Um, right. And, and, and it's very uncomfortable for them. So for me personally, yeah, I did, I did feel that, but I could see how others might not. Right. Like it's you're working without a net all of a sudden. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or, or, or it's an uncertain space and, and, Waterfall project management doesn't teach you how to deal with uncertainty, um, short of putting more structure around it. No, it right. doesn't, does it? What about you, Mike? Uh, very kind of similar path. I, I started in uh, uh, with Waterfall, but part of my path, I was in quality assurance, and we had um, uh, our, our senior leaders at the time um, wanted to go through a transformation, and so they had, they had heard about this agile thing out there um, and decided to bring that in. Um, uh, Being a QA guy, I'm in the middle of testing. I'm in the middle of um, working these waterfall projects. I have deliverables and deadlines. And somebody comes in and says, you're doing this agile thing. And we had a great uh, team come in. um, And I think uh, people familiar with this podcast might be aware of a, a group called ThoughtWorks, who are one of the pioneers of um, uh, or proponents of the Agile movement, this happened to be the group that was brought in to help transform our group from a waterfall um, uh, into Agile. And as a QA person, my only goal was to test our product. It had nothing to do with waterfall or delivery. I had a deadline and stuff couldn't break. And so um, we had bugs all over the place. You know, like on the tail end, you're just under the gun. Like The, the, the thing is a mess. 
and we have to get this fixed right and out the door. The last thing we want to think about is change. <clears throat> so as, as they, they brought this stuff in, I was hyper resistant to, you know, you can't, you know, you don't know our product, you don't know this, you don't know that. Um, and we have to get this out the door. One of the things that they did, and this was uh, really where I started to learn the agile process is they slowed down and they started to teach and show. And as soon as they kind of learned our release cycle, um, they started to integrate their work with that, but they started to teach and show how agile could be beneficial into uh, the movement. And I was a skeptic for one or two releases. And so these were every couple weeks. And then I started to see, oh, I get it. These are the benefits. This is the, this is how we start to get, um, you know, more uh, uh, like planning done up front. This is how we integrate the changes. This is how we give feedback when something's not working. We don't just throw it over the wall. Um, so it was a, a kind of a trial by fire for me, but all of a sudden when that light switched, I'm now a QA person at the end of the, you know, just before the release goes out. Now I'm the biggest advocate for, hey, this Agile stuff sounds interesting. This Agile right. stuff sounds great. How can we get this further upstream and how do we bring this in? And so, so in, in my world, I'm all about quality. And so what's better for quality than communicating the right stuff and, and building the right things and delivering right. on, on things. And when it breaks, how do we fix it? And then like learn from it, you know? So all these concepts were like, well, that's not agile. That's just good practice. <laughs> it's like right. how do we bring in good practice. So, so, so was, um, was it that's for where you? It was for me. Yeah. So for you, was it that, Agile equaled Scrum, or was it that Agile equaled Scrum plus XP plus BDD plus TDD? I mean, because a lot of people end up going Agile equals Scrum. And so I just want to make sure, was it that you started like in the deep end with Scrum, or did you flow in some other things as well? So uh, full on with, uh, with Scrum to start. Yep. And then as, as I learned more, and a lot of the learning came from just networking and partnering with these folks who knew about this stuff. And so I, I, I frequently found my, myself in a position of training others um, on the things that I was learning because I wanted to bring in those practices. And so the people mm -hmm. I knew were heavily versed in Scrum. And so I actually thought Scrum was the only way. Sure. And, and as I gained experience, um, and because I was a, you know, a young punk you know, like learning this stuff, I, I didn't know there was more than one way you could do things, you know. <laughs> um, so I started to learn the different methodologies. Um, and as I progressed through my career and through the different projects with the teams, we evolved the methodologies. And so we made them work better, you know, for the project we were working on or for the business. And so for me now, it's these methodologies under the agile umbrella are just that it's a buffet. And at the end of the day, how do we, how do we make things work for the business? But now we have a common language. It doesn't have to be a hundred percent scrum. It doesn't have to be a hundred percent, you know, uh, business driven development. It's like, how do you take the flavors that work, yeah. but still have the same principles and, and value that transparency value, those interactions value, you know, everything else agile. <laughs> 
See, yeah, I even like Mike, that. it's go ahead. I was gonna say it's interesting. I, I uh, two parallels to to what you said um, with my journey kind of struck me. Um, the first mm-hmm. being the the experience group kind of showing the way, um, and then the second is that realization as your journey progresses that there are many different way right ways to a, to attack something. Um, yes. I, I like to say there's there, there's there's no one right way, but there are certainly a lot of wrong ones. Um, but uh, the, the what what you had said uh, about the um, the the people that kind of came in and showed you a way that Scrum could work, mm-hmm. I now in my career and after what I've seen, I would highly recommend that to any organization that wants to transform, uh, because what oftentimes happens within these groups or within a company is that you don't know what good looks like. And if you've never seen good, how do you know you're walking in the right direction? Um, And and how do you know that you're building toward it? Like, oh, we we got this result. Is that good or bad? Well, we think it's good because we we put a lot of work behind it. Well, okay, that's, that's, that's good. Uh, that's that's a metric. That is a metric, but maybe that's not the one that you should be focused on. Um, so yeah, uh, Brent, thoughts? Well, no, I was just I was just going to say I like I think the thing that's a good piece for people to take away from this is the buffet, mm-hmm. right? Because <laughs> yeah. no, because seriously, it is the a lot of people hit up the if if they viewed Scrum as the uh, all of the meat platter. They just like hit up all the meat platter and they, they miss out on all of the other things that are going to make that so much better. So uh, I want to go back and ask yes. Mike, when it comes to, you talked about, you know, back when you were a young buck, as it were. So what would now you tell that you pitfalls a, that you a, ran into? A, a great, great question. Um, I, I would say be patient and be open. Um, mm-hmm. So deadlines are made up and um, it takes a while to understand that truly like when people say fixing the problem costs more, um, you know, once it's in production and then, you know, before it goes out, take the time and spend the time to fix it before it, it goes out, build it right, build it to what you need um, and take the patience in doing that. Um, and also take the patience to slow down and show others because sometimes when you're in that hurry up mode, you're doing something or you're trying to do something that's agile like. And if people don't understand what you're doing because it's agile, in, in my cases, I would tend to move a little too fast. And so how do you slow down and explain to them so they understand, so they can come on that journey with you? Um, so so definitely, uh, uh, definitely for that. The other piece would be embrace it sooner. Um, pull, off, pull off the Band-Aid, don't be so resistant. Just, just you know, others are there who are, have done this and who say, this works, this is good. And it comes down to a little bit of trust. Uh, you know, who are you? Do we trust that you're, you know, you know, at the end of the day, if you let go and you do that trusting, you can adopt these methodologies and that mindset a lot sooner. 
and it's it's an easier switch for your mind. And when when you're there, you really wonder why didn't I do that sooner? Why 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 didn't I do that sooner? <laughs> right on. So, Justin, what would what would now you tell then you? Oh, uh, definitely uh, explore all of the aspects of Agile and its sources and its inspirations. Um, you know, like follow those little tributaries down to their source and figure out why things are and what else is out there. Um, I started off very Scrum centric and I thought Scrum was the framework to use. And so I decided, well, let's let's learn a little bit more about Agile and just to, just to sort of round myself out. And then I realized, oh, what I thought was Scrum wasn't even Scrum, it was XP, right? So I thought Scrum was user stories and no, no, Scrum says nothing about user stories. And, and that led me to, okay, what is DSDM? What is Crystal? What is, you know, um, XP of course, and, and all of these different uh, sort of methodologies, but that didn't come until almost a decade after I had been really kind of socked in and thought that Scrum was a way to do things. And somebody I worked, I worked with who I credit to this day for being a great influence on that sort of open-minded journey um, kind of said, hey, you should read Demi. You should. Yeah. And then I realized this is the 60s. This is the like this guy was in the like how 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 much did I miss? Right? right. And that sort of opened my eyes to what else am I missing? Um, and if I had come to that realization earlier on, I, I think I could have done a lot better in the engagements I had between those two, those two points. Awesome. So this is a good place to pause because we're almost at time already. So this is good because we're, I got more questions. So this is okay. like a series within a series of a series. So <laughs> Right. It is very Inception-like. So what we're going to do is we're going to stop this iteration from now. Uh, until then, I'm Brent. I'm Justin. I'm Mike. Until the next iteration, you can give us a rating at your podcast provider. Shoot us an email at info at fasterthanstandup.com, or you can find us on Twitter at Faster Standup. Thanks for listening. And that was Faster Than Standup. The opinions on this podcast are solely those of the participants and not of their employers.